of you who may not be uh, very familiar with him. Um, and I also would like to, for his uh, benefit, say a few words about uh, the structure of this uh, building, if I may. First of all, a quick introduction. Uh, born in the eminent family of uh, religious scholars from Beirut, uh, Sheikh Mohammed Hisham al Kabani. You may address him as Sheikh if you communicate him later. And he's a world renowned Muslim scholar, author, and lecturer. Sheikh Kabani received Damascus, uh, and uh, he has also studied deeply in subject of Islamic spirituality. Uh, one thing which, which I particularly like about his, uh, his very long uh, biography or, or his qualifications is, in particular, Sheikh Hisham. <laughs> Sheikh is, is publicly condemned all acts of terrorism and the use of Islam to promote terrorist agendas. Uh, I'm reading this in particular because when we were discussing what would be a subject we could get Sheikh to share with you, his wisdom, uh, I felt that we are in a, in a very challenging environment. Um, you know, Islam, uh, since its introduction 14 years ago, has been preached and taught, learned and practiced in just so many different ways. And I think with the unleashing of uh, the internet, it has given a totally different perspective, only because I think almost everyone has become shaped and al uh, almost everyone is giving the fatwas. Um, <laughs> you know, interestingly, right? I mean, in my, uh, when I was doing my little research, uh, on, you know, I came across titled how people came out of Islam out of Islam right so these are Muslims who have now denounced uh, religion and, uh, and what has happened then is we had one individual who calls himself a son of a Hamas leader so he came on and he is now in his experience how the leaders have practiced Islam has given him a false interpretation that this Islam is cruel and promoting the agendas. I, I thought uh, Sheikh's wisdom and sharing his experience on that perspective would be very helpful for us. As we all are, I think almost every one of us are looking for the truth. So looking for the answer. Uh, and I thought uh, Sheikh speaks after five minutes later, he will share with us how can we go about looking for it. Because when you go to one of the common sources today, which happens with the internet, we have, you know, just too many interpretations. Uh, that is something I thought was very interesting. We could definitely tap on, on his wisdom. Uh, he has worked ardently to help people all over the world, from all walks of life. Uh, and I have seen videos of him, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, in the House of Commons and then we did the Maldives session? Working with intelligence, and I've seen him uh, advising uh, world leaders. Uh, in fact, he is the chairman of the Islamic Supreme Council of America, uh, which is based in Washington. And I'm sure all of you did not come here to listen to me, uh, so I am uh, going to now pass the mic on to, to Sheikh. Uh, but before that, so with your kind permission, just a few words about this structure. Uh, this building here we are today uh, is the Nagur Darga Indian Muslim Heritage Center. 
Uh, when our forefathers, the Indian Muslims, primarily made their journey of the Indian diaspora, Singapore is one such place. Uh, in the other street settlements, we have been Malacca, uh, other places in Asia. Uh, so as a symbol of thanksgiving, they erected this structure which has a similar, uh, I would say, architecture as the one in Nagapattinam Nagur, uh, which was, uh, you know, in, in India, which is which was uh, which is built. Uh, there is indeed where the same raising uh, Shah Hamid, who himself is from North India, but he has come to South and spread Islam by simply uh, not through the sword but through his uh, charity work and, and healing the the sick. Uh, so this building has been built in memory of or as a Thanksgiving place. Some 180 years old is this structure, and Indian Muslims have gathered here to continue the good work that they have done so back in India. So there were acts of philanthropy, the acts of thanksgiving, the acts of sharing and helping the poor. And this is primarily a, a business enclave. I mean, uh, 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 primarily Chinese. Just in our neighborhood, we've got a, a Chinese temple which is equally old. Uh, so that shows the, the, the lessons of integration that we can learn from the forefathers how they have come in here with their tenacity and their entrepreneurship build, uh, I would say, well enough to propagate Islam to this building. So today this place is dedicated for the Indian Muslims to showcase their contribution to Singapore nation building and what they've done for Islam education and others. Uh, on that note, certain uh, point is. We will have a uh, strongly I encourage all of you to, to make use of this opportunity in the case of Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum. أيها المؤمنون المسلمون أمدكم الله تعالى بمدد من عندي Our Muslim brothers and sisters may Allah bless you all and support you Muslim and non-Muslim The topic that just been mentioned to speak about leadership and spirituality is not a is not uh, a normal topic is is not a normal means an, a, a, an easy topic it's a very difficult topic to discuss especially when everyone has a different opinion and think in a different way because according to the way we think might be I think something you think something else so how we are going to accept each other that's why Prophet 
he is the teacher of leadership. He is the master of leadership. He is the genius of leadership. So we don't want to go into a dunya way of finding a good leadership because a worldly leadership because Prophet already has shown us what is good, what is bad. Now leadership, to be a good leadership means to be always good. And to, for always to be good, you are going to face too many problems. This word is based on two issues. Struggle between good and evil. From beginning of this world, as we know from history, is a struggle between good and evil. Who is, who is stronger can control. So, good and evil from beginning. Look at the children of Adam, Cain and Abel. Cain killed Abel because Allah accepted from one and did not accept from the other. And Cain was not happy because Allah did not accept from him. Because in that time, when you offer something for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, for God, a fire comes and take that uh, animal that you offer it or whatever you offer and disappear. It was like that. So when the fire came, took what Abel has given because it was the best ramp ram that he has. On the other hand, Cain gave the weakest what he has. One show stinginess, one show open-handed, gave the best that he has to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the most important is what we give. Leadership is what you give. I give good, people will love me. I give bad, people will hate me. I be corrupted, some people love that. To be poor and have nothing, people might not like that. So it is a struggle, always is a struggle between what is good, what, what is bad. Sayyidina Ibrahim salam was thrown into the fire because he was not accepting Namrud. And Namrud went and try to burn him and Allah saved him. Sayyidina Nuh salam, Allah saved him by building the boat. Sayyidina Musa, Allah saved him from Pharaoh who was going to kill him. 
So anyone who goes for good and want to be good, he will face a lot of obstacles. Either you overcome these obstacles and say, I want to be a good leadership, to overcome the obstacles. You cannot surrender to obstacles. You cannot surrender to enemies. You have to go all the way and Allah will support you at the end. Prophet said, I am the one that has been tested mostly between all prophets. And he is the series of messenger and he says, I am the one that been tested most, been abused most, been hated most from my tribe, from my family. But what he did, he said, if they put the sun in my right and the moon in my left, I'm not stopping. So yes, leadership is going to find a difficult those who want to follow that way they will find it difficult but they will be happy if they succeed one time I was being invited to give a speech in the State Department about the threat that facing the US that was 1999 and I think it was January 7 or something like that, 1999 so I spoke the truth what happened they came against me I said what is right, what's, what's, what is the kind of threat you are going to see, to face. They didn't want it. And all kind of different agencies were there. And public, it's open for everyone. Because I said the truth, Muslim organization not all, some Muslim organization. They boycott us. And they said, no, this is haphazard. Imag imaginary uh, prediction. What I said. And what I said after one year came truth. 2001, September 9-11 came what I said came correct because I didn't say it from my mind uh, from my own uh, prediction or uh, imagina imagination I said it from a reality from the one that he told me was going to happen and he said that they are preparing to make a threat on United States terrorists and they have no connection with the United States I I made that speech 
that there is going to happen, Bin Laden going to hit, and there will be using money of charities to do that, and through student visa, uh, student visa. And it happened. That was good or bad? Was good, but I didn't face good. I face bad. I was being described as a bad one. That's, that is the problem of today. Now you want to be good or you want to be bad, that's, it's your opinion on what you want to achieve. If you want to be good leadership, today United States of America, which well, great country, uh, is issuing visa for students to go for leadership training in United States. Not? You know that. They're doing good work, but do we speak, say the truth, or we say not, or we try to hide the truth? If we say the truth, they got, they might be upset with us. They bring them all the way to the United States, but unfortunately, they take them to places where people are not truthfully says what is in the, in their hearts. So this leadership would not get the real picture. This new, new generation of leadership cannot get the real picture. So means we are bringing them all the way, spending a lot of money, giving all facilities, and we are not taking them to right people in order that they will learn from them and understand from them. If you say this, they get upset with you. So our, our system is to introduce the good leadership and the role example for that is Prophet What he said, this is the leadership. They want leadership, this is the leadership. إِنَّمَا بُعِثْتُ لِأُتَمِّمَ مَكَارِمَ الْأَخْلَاقِ I have been sent to complete the good manners and behaviors of people. That's not the leadership. That looking, we are looking for the people who have the good manners to control and to govern. Not everything politics. This is what we need. And what are the good manners? Good manners, they never end. Every day you have you face a problem, you have to tackle it from a good manner. So Prophet is teaching us what is the good manner. And who is one of the people who been taught by Prophet about good manner? Is Sayyidina Abu Huraira. Prophet said to him, Ya Abu Huraira, alayka bi husnil khuluk. 
Oh Abu Huraira, you have to have the good manners. He said, Rasulullah. He said, What is the best of manners, Ya Rasulullah? And he gave him three answers, three points. And let us check ourselves. Do we have these points? Then you will be a, a, a just leader, a adil. You, you never do wrong. He said first, Antasila man kata'ak. To reconnect with the one who disconnect with you. To rebuild back relationship with the one that has cut the relationship. Means don't sit and say, I am not interested. This is your community. This is your people. If they are good, you are happy. If they are not good, you are not happy. You want to be happy? Make sure that they become good. So how to become good? This is your duty. If I this if he disconnect from me for example i have to run back to him to connect to build bridges that's why it's very important today to build bridges back within the same community when we build bridges between our own community muslim and non-muslim it's one community Sit with them, sit with everyone, then we can fulfilling the hadith of Prophet what the Prophet said will be established. And this is one of the main principles of uh, uh, today Western uh, style that they call it in a Western way interface or interface. It is in the hadith of Prophet 1400 years ago. Connect with the one who disconnect with you. I connect with the Christian, I connect with the Jewish community, I connect with the uh, Hindu community, Buddhist community, Zenist community, Zoroastrian community, Baha'i community. Every community you, as a human being, you need to connect with them. Not to say, oh, I am separate, and they are separate. Today we go to, in, in countries not like here, but in, in America, this mosque is Egyptian mosque, this mosque is Syrian mosque, this mosque is Pakistani mosque, this mosque is Indian mosque. You can go pray there, but at the end, there is differences. They don't integrate, and you spoke about integration. Integration, Allah said, Ya, ya ayyuhal nas, inna khalaqnakum min dhakarin wa unsa wa ja'annakum shu'uban wa qaba'ila lita'araf. O men and women, O people. He didn't say, O Muslims. He said, O human being. 
We created you from male and female and we made you nation and tribes to know each other, to work with each other, to build bridges with each other. وَاَعْتَصِمُوا بِحَبْلِ اللَّهِ جَمِيعًا وَلَا تَفَرَّكُوا Hold tight to the rope of Allah and don't separate, unite. You cannot sit at home and say, oh, I don't care. There are people who do that. They sit at home, it's not my responsibility. Who cares for it? No, it's your community. If your child, if something happened to, to, to your community and you did not help, then you, your child might be hurt. And then you'll be sad. So Prophet ﷺ was looking for future, he said, connect with the one who disconnect with you. Build, make an interface uh, discussion. Make an intra-face discussion. Make a political discussion based on respect the other. That's how they build countries. Or else you are going to face the same what the other what the other leadership, tyrant leadership has been facing. Then Prophet said, and ta'fu amman That's difficult. But this is leadership. And ta'fu amman to forgive the one who uh, uh, oppressed you. How you can do that? And ta'fu amman means you have to step on your ego, on your uh, 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 arrogance, in order that you be able, if you don't step on it, you cannot forgive the rest, the others. A good leadership is he, how you know if, if someone is a good leadership or a very high leadership and very spiritual, is when he is able to punish and he forgive. Like Prophet ﷺ. When he entered Mecca, the last year of his life, he said, You are the free ones. Anyone enter the house of Abu Sufyan is safe. Abu Sufyan was biggest enemy for Prophet. He said, anyone enter his house is safe. Anyone enter their homes are safe. I'm not coming here to kill and revenge. I'm coming to make hajj. So, and ta'fu and to forgive to the one who oppressed you. Uh, today, uh, how many, uh, every day you are oppressed? In many ways. People are, they feel they are oppressed. So the leadership in communities must make them to feel they are, they are being forgiven in order that and ta'fu to forgive who you oppressed you. And that's why Prophet ﷺ never, never allowed to come against a government. 
he said pray for the government that Allah makes them good if if you see something not happy with pray go to the masjid sit in the masjid ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give support and change the heart of the Sultan of the leader not to go and create a fitna confusion fitna is dormant confusion is dormant Allah curse the one who bring it up no go and make peace don't make fitna so that one is important that we we learn how to forgive there are courses teach us how to forgive it's not simple Prophet showed us the role the best example when he forgave the people of Mecca when he entered Mecca today when they enter the city in, in, in wars or they go and massacre people they don't care The third one, and ta'ti man haramak. To give to the one that he prohibited you to earn. Some people in their early life might work, work hard, and then uh, their leadership. kick them out and don't give them their right then with Allah's wisdom Allah made you rich after do, going overseas and working and you became a millionaire coming back and those who kicked you out they are in need now what you have to do prophet is saying and taught man haramak those who prohibit to give to you at the beginning since you become Allah Allah gave you wealth go and help them Ya Rabbi these people they did not give me anything they, 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 they tried their best to boycott me no you go and give them that is that is a leadership leadership is someone that he has to always forgive you cannot be a leader and you are not forgiving when you forgive Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala throw more in your heart and the hadith I was mentioning today إِذَا أَحَبَّ اللَّهُ عَبْدًا جَعَلَ لَهُ وَاعِظًا مِنْ قَلْبِهِ a good leadership is when he makes Allah to be happy with him and if Allah gets happy with someone he will make in his heart some someone sitting there to guide him without running to study books without running to go to university even 
that doesn't mean you have you must not go to university you have to go and study but even Allah will make your heart a university Allah will make for him someone who will guide him internally from his heart that's leadership is not giving uh, sit and give a lecture the teacher in the school they give he gives you a lecture if you're studying physics or chemistry or medicine but at the end what he will tell you what he will tell you go and have three hours lab every week laboratory to uh, to have an experience of what the theories had you have to make a lab doctors cannot be doctors uh, uh, what you say uh, practicing medicine if they don't go for three years or five years specialty or residency and many doctors I know they say Everything we learn in theory doesn't, we don't remember it. Everything that we did in residency, that's what's important for us. So means residency means how to interact with the patients. How you interact with the diseases. How you, you might cure a patient with one nice word. He will cure. If he's depressed, you cure him. Prophet said, To make sure to bring happiness or smile in the, in the heart of a, a person, is from faith to make him happy or to make her happy so without experience and without interacting with people you cannot know them they say there is an there is a proverb or idiom in arabic do you know him do you know that person for example you say yes they ask you did you accompany him when you accompany him on a travel, then you know him really. I am finished. No problem, I'm, I will hold it in my hand. So the importance is to experiment each other with a company. It is good company or bad company, whatever the company is. But you don't know your partner or your friend or, or the other people unless you sit with them. And to sit with them with an open-minded, 
not a closed mind. Don't say this is, he prays or he doesn't pray. It's not your business, it's Allah's judgment. Don't say this will fast or doesn't fast, Allah knows best. It's not your business. Your business is to build relationship. This is how good leaders. I was giving a lecture in uh, Timinus Academy in England, which is an academy of Prince Charles. And uh, the uh, title was about uh, spirituality is the way of life. It was like 50 pages paper I made, prepared like this. And, but subhanAllah, the audience were big audience. I begin to feel changing the subject. They asked for this subject, but but when I saw the audience, I, I felt uh, there is some kind of energy that I have to change my subject. So I put the paper down and I spoke about modernity. Why it came, I don't know why it came. Why to speak about modernity when they are asking about the spirituality of is the way of life. I didn't know. I spoke for like one hour about modernity because to, today too many people wants to live in modernity and they say this is the modern life. No, it's not. It's not modern life. It's going to be a life like the life that happened previously. In Stone Age, they are happy if they have a, uh, a what you call the hammer from stone. That one who has hammer from stone, he thinks himself he is the president. <laughs> he is the head of the community. He's happy. He has hammer from stone. Huh? You see the hammer came. <laughs> Similarly, in the, the years after, they've been mo more modern from ha having hammer. They begin to have something else. Might be they were able now to melt the iron and make spears or, or sword. They are happy with the sword. Today you are happy with the sword? With the spears? They use different kind of uh, weapons. We don't want to enter into this. But for them, sword anymore is not modernity. Sword was a modernity for the uh, century before. And today the internet and the computer is not modern, it's modernity for us only. Today, tomorrow is going to change. You don't know what kind of 
uh, technology will come. So I spoke from that subject. I ex went extensively in it from physics point of view and uh, finished, went back to America from London. I received, uh, we received an invitation to see King uh, Prince Charles. First, before I received that, he, the, he, the academy asked for a copy of the, because we taped it, a copy of the lecture. We found out later that they gave it to Prince Charles. He saw, saw it, he sent an invitation. The point of saying this is because to say leadership is someone to be loved. The leader, the, the person who is going to lead the ummah, to lead his people, to lead his community, has to be loved from them. So he was telling me that he loves spirituality and he supports spiritual people. And he said, I support the Indians. This is what he said. And there were uh, in the uh, audience many Indians, non-Muslim. Uh, Indians community, uh, Ismaili community, Baha'i community. He support them. He said, but I didn't find any Muslim spiritual community. Do you lack uh, spirituality? I said, I don't know what you're speaking of. Islam is spirituality. Because it is one of the main structure of religion. Spirituality. But they don't teach it today. When Sayyidina Amr came to Prophet he divided religion into three parts. First, Arkanul Islam, the principles of Islam, R5. Everyone teach that, which is correct, is the structure. Second is Al-Iman, is faith. They don't touch on that. Because they see the first one is the one that has to be implemented at the beginning but always it's a beginning with Muslims there is no prog pro progress progression progression up second is Iman third is spirituality is Ihsan and ta'bud Allah ka'annaka tarafa in lam takun tarafa innahu yaraq Prophet, when Jibreel asked him, Wamal Ihsan Ya Rasulullah, what's about the moral excellence? He said, as if to, to worship Allah as if you are seeing Him. Means you cannot do anything when someone is observing you. If you are not seeing Him, He is seeing you. Seeing us now here. Can you say no? A camera can see us. Look. And everywhere there are cameras today. They can see you. Allah cannot see you. So to see from Prince Charles that uh, uh, to invite me because I spoke on subject that he likes 
and he's telling me I'm supporting this and this and this but I didn't find any Muslim spiritual leadership to to f feel that all religion based on spirituality then we went into explanation of spirituality in Islam and the scholars most of the Muslim scholars from time after time of Prophet till today most of them not all of them are, are, are Sufi background spiritual background so he asked we, we offered him to do a Sufi conference for him he agreed and we did the first Muslim conference with uh, participation of Prince Charles in England first time with the Muslim community but we did not exclude we didn't bring only one group of the Muslim community we brought, brought every domination every different groups in their aqidas and we brought Jewish community leadership and Christian leadership in order to show that spirituality can govern everyone so uh, we hope that uh, we hope that lead, the new leadership of Muslims uh, leadership in, in, in this time now the new ones the young ones that they are coming into uh, be becoming leader to know that these are the three principles I mentioned them at the beginning and to connect with the one who disconnect with you and to forgive the one that who oppressed you to give the one that he did not give to you thank you very much wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh thank you i think we have some good uh, 40 odd minutes for q a you see they are sufis they don't have questions you see that I told you. Music composer. It's good. Also music So basically my life revolves around music and I have a lot of You know that uh, there are too many 
books being written on this issue. Uh, some of them, they go against it. Some of them, they go along with it. Uh, and in this very short uh, time, I can mention one hadith of Prophet that can shed light on what you are asking. Because uh, music, there is also heavenly music. When angels, they speak or they do salawat or they do tasbih, is not their voices like our voices. Their, their voices is uh, melodious voices. Like Sayyidina Abu Musa al-Ash'ari, one of the Sahaba of Prophet, was standing in the, in the, in the alley or in the uh, souk market and reciting Quran in a very melodious way. And Prophet coming, passing, hearing him, so he approaches without anyone uh, being able to see him and standing, listening to Abu Musa al-Ash'ari's melodious voice. And when Abu Musa al-Ash'ari knew that Prophet behind him, he said, Ya Rasulullah, if I knew you are behind me, I would have not recited in a melodious way only, but I would have made every possible way to make everyone feel the beauty of the musical words of Holy Quran. So music move the person. If the music is a music that is uh, accepted, uh, not arousing the sexy uh, part of the person, but a music for uh, in, uh, making you feel happy and uh, uh, feel nice and take depression away, because it takes depression away and make you to, it's accepted. And the evidence of that is the hadith of Prophet that mentioned by Imam Ghazali, one of the authentic hadith, that Prophet was coming to his house, entered and found Sayyidah Aisha sitting with two girls, ladies, and they were singing and they were use, using musical they were using musical instrument it didn't say drums it said musical instrument so prophet passed from them but turned his face and went to the other side of the room in the same room and he was doing what he was doing, but uh, the, uh, Sayyidah Aisha was continuing with it because she asked Prophet Yarasul, he said, continue what you are doing. 
if it was prohibited, he would have told her, stop what you are doing. He said, continue what you are doing. So Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq came after Prophet, entered and saw that situation. He came scolding Aisha. He didn't hear what Prophet told her. He scolded how you do it, dare to do that in front of Prophet. And Prophet looked at Sayyidina Abu Bakr and said, leave her alone. So from here, they say, the scholars, they explain that Prophet did let Aisha to continue hearing and playing with them and did said to Abu Bakr and Siddiq, stop, don't, don't uh, stop them, leave them alone. So uh, uh, that will be enough for the time being to give you an idea about uh, that uh, uh, music is not being prohibited as they are mentioning. And uh, ex for example, modern, modern example, modern example. When we used to do qasaid with the drums, they used to say, this drum is not the size the drum on time of prophets. So <laughs> you cannot uh, play with it. They have to give you the dimensions that you can play with in order that they might allow it. Uh, but subhanAllah, in this last 10 years, um, all Muslims now in their cars or homes, they are listening to Islamic music. Egypt, they had, you know, Muslim Brotherhood of Egypt, they are not, uh, they are strict in different ways, they are very strict. They had the American Symphony. American Symphony plays in Egypt because uh, uh, it's an open country, uh, not in the time of Muslim Brotherhood, now they are in the, the but before, uh, it's an American symphony, it, uh, followed by, it's following the university, American University of Egypt. Juan Muslimon, they established, they were very clever to see that people are running toward music and uh, symphonies. They call it the Islamic Egyptian Symphony. And they produce a symphony that plays music, all different kind of uh, instruments, and they call it the Islamic Symphony, uh, symphony of Egypt. And it's running. So, everything changing now. That's why Yusuf Kardawi, one of the big scholars, is brought a book allowing uh, uh, the uh, using of musical instrument in Islam. As long as, as I said before, doesn't arise, arise arouse the, you know what. Yeah, uh, so, uh, and I give you the last example, Yusuf Islam. He began with the drums. He met with our teacher. He told him, 
uh, this is the evidence, this is the evidence, this is the evidence. He said, no, I know I was there. And he said, no, I will not change drum, I do drums. Now, he does all kinds of music. <laughs> because Sami Yusuf, what's called, Sami Yusuf came, the other one came, uh, Abdul Shakur came. <laughs> It's competition. So, yalla, we do music. So, do what you do. It's not what we do. It's what, how we, are, we build bridges with the different communities. If you want to build it through music, build it. You will attract them. And when you attract them, they might come into Islam. Next question, please. Please, Dr. Amit. Ah, doctor, I'm afraid, afraid now. Uh. <laughs> I mean, I'm a But the easiest way is the way that is straightforward. We have many ways to do, to do with people, uh, depend on their ability of accepting uh, what we tell them and so on. So if we see that they cannot go straightforward, we take them, uh, what you say, detour and then come back. So with you, we cannot go detour and come back because you are a doctor. How many cells there is in a human being, in a person? I read one uh, article that there are at least a trillion cell in the human body and every six months these cells rejuvenate rejuvenate new one comes the old one goes and every cell is like a country by itself or a battalion army barricade it has defensive system offensive system uh, soldiers to throw away the, uh, fight the uh, sickness. So it is like a huge web of bees working inside it, is correct? This is for a cell. 
How many cells we have in our body? Trillions. How many of the trillions we have in our heart? So, to clean the heart, this is a process I would give you straightforward. Prophet said in an authentic hadith, I am, I sit with the one who remember me. Allah is saying, I sit with the one. He's not sitting in the meaning of sitting, but I will be with the one who remembers me. How you can remember him? Through two ways. One way is to الذين يذكرون الله قياما وقعودا وعلى جنوبهم ويتفكرون في خلق السماوات والأرض. Those who remember their Lord morning and evening, stand, uh, lay, standing, sitting and laying, they remember. It means they are doing zikr. When they are working, their tongue is moving with zikr Allah. When they are sitting, their tongue is moving with zikr Allah. When they are sleeping, laying down. Their tongue is zikrullah. Those people begin to create in themselves a heart that uh, that ha that meditate, that has tafakkur, that begin to think about what I am and how I can perfect myself. As soon as Zikrullah becomes stronger and stronger and daily and daily, the heart begins to think how to reach the realities. Then Allah sends subhanahu wa ta'ala someone from within his heart to guide him through inspiration. You cannot come now and say, oh Allah send me, send me someone. No, you, he has to see you progressing with, with your work, but progressing in, in his love. Uh, Prophet said there are angels There are angels that they are roaming in the streets, going in the streets, looking for the people who are sitting and doing zikrullah. This authentic hadith. Zikrullah is, this, is the only thing that can take you to rejuvenate your heart back. So this is the easiest way by saying la ilaha illallah or by saying Allah Allah and uh, or asma Allah al-husna all of it. Ya Rahman, Ya Rahim, Ya Masan. You can take one and do it from it 100 times or 200 times or whatever. This is will purify you from the dirtiness that this dunya throw in your heart daily. So you are cleaning your heart day after day, day after day, until sometime you come, you will have these kind of inspirations. Allah said, Allah inspired the self, what is good, what is bad. I was counting how many bad characteristics we have. Uh -huh. 
Too many, but the main ones are 17. I put them in a book. Bad characteristics. So, uh, like for example, jealousy, envy, hatred, malice, uh, stinginess, uh, uh, cowardness, all, all these are, are the bad characters that we are carrying with us. I see my friend has a car, uh, whatever it is, BMW, I go get Mercedes, although I don't have the money out of uh, uh, jealousy, out of envy. So uh, these bad characteristics, the heart become weaker and weaker and weaker and weaker. Not weaker in the meaning of uh, physical weak, but weaker in the veil, it will be veiled more and more with darkness. So our duty is to take these veils away back and bring the light of the heart as, it, as you were born with the light of Islam you will be turning your heart back with the light of Islam. Inshallah. Any questions? Huh? Yeah. Wa salam. I think what I just, I had a, I had a question uh, with regards to the center of spirituality and culture that you have uh, opened in 2010 in the UK. Uh -huh. uh, uh, there's been immense work being done in the UK in those regions. With your travels in Southeast Asia, what are your thoughts and opinions on what the opportunities are? Uh, apart from the challenges that we face, what are the opportunities that we see in this region? For such, a, uh, for such a yarning, for such a, a platform such as the one you've opened. Uh, no, we opened it in UK because we have from all uh, kind of uh, backgrounds in order that uh, uh, these people will come and learn something about spirituality which today they don't teach it. Uh, I was in uh, uh, visiting Egypt uh, some years ago and I uh, spoke with the Grand Mufti at that time, now he changed, Ali Juma'a. And he said to me, he is a, by the way, he is a Sufi person, he is a Shazari Tariqa. So uh, he said to me, Sheikh, I have to tell you the truth. We used to have 1,000 students every semester for Tasawwuf. Today we have at least 50, uh, not more than 50 student studying the course of Tasawwuf. I don't want to say, he said something why it is, but no need now here to say it, but, uh, but I can say something small that because of the money that being uh, injected, you say? Is it fees? Is it fees they have to pay? Or? They have to pay fees, but the money that comes from overseas uh, for other chairs in the university. Okay. So this chairs doesn't have any more money. So they are more on the money for uh, not only Sharia, or, uh, yeah. So that's the problem. So uh, the, uh, we found that there is a thirst to teach Tasawwuf. And this thirst 
uh, can be established in, in the UK because it's easier, more Arab people, more non-Arab uh, non also, you can find them all in, in one place, more than America. America doesn't have the, the taste of spirituality there because Islam came with the students, uh, with the student in the 60s from the Gulf area. So their, their, their aqidah is different about this issue. But in England, I'm trying to be diplomatic. <laughs> <laughs> but in England, most of the masajid are Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah masajid. So of the, of the aqidah that is well known. Uh, and they, they have their peers uh, from India, from Pakistan, from Afghanistan, from Middle East, from uh, sub, uh, uh, subcontinent, Central Asia, they have that in, in England. That's why you see it is easier there than anywhere else. But through my travel, let us say the truth, I'm finding that there are many people being bought by money to change their aqidah. But spirituality is the only way to bring non-Muslim into Islam. And most of the converts, they come to Islam through spirituality. In our organization in America, since I began till now, we have around 40,000 converts. So that's in one organization, because it's based on spirituality. When I went to America, 1990, I saw the uh, Western people, non-Muslim, going most, mostly to the Hindu shrines and the Buddhist shrine, because they have, they lack spirituality and these shrines they have a lot of spirituality they teach spirituality so they go there so we begin to think to open in in, in america not a masjid because there is a lot of masajid but centers for spirituality and that's how we attracted many people into islam so similarly in england now uh, we are planning to put this uh, as a small university teaching the subject of Islam, not fiqh, not hadith, because there are a lot around us. But this subject is no one is teaching it, so we're trying to do that. So, sorry, my second part of my question was that this region, in the Southeast Asian region, um, with your knowledge and with your experience and your travels, have you seen anything? Uh, of, of that sort being done in this region? I didn't see, but what I saw is, uh, uh, I didn't see that they are focused on spirituality, but most of the, uh, I, I can say majority of the Muslims, uh, their background is spirituality. Uh, and their leaders are spiritual. Uh, are uh, what we call them, awliyaullah. And they have a lot of uh, uh, places that, that, like in Central Asia, you have Baha'uddin, Naqshaband, big center for spirituality that been 1,000 years ago. 
still today existing. For sure, in, in India, a lot of uh, schools uh, and those who build it up, is, their shrine is there, their graves are there. And uh, in India, in Pakistan, in, 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 in this region, uh, you have here Habib Nuh, uh, you have uh, Mal Malaysia, you have some, Indonesia, you have the nine uh, saints. Uh, so I, I went into Indonesia in many different areas. Uh, most of them, they are, their background is spirituality. So no, there is, but the money that comes and the books that comes and the finance that comes is changing everything. We hope that will, this will stop. Um, yes, please. Shit. Assalamu alaikum. No, no, he's too fast. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, I think one important thing I'd like you to share yeah, yeah, yeah. is your uh, study of chemistry. Yeah, medicine and chemistry. So do you think that why as biologists as not as ourselves? How can we influence? I want to do that. Yeah, please go ahead. Slowly, slowly. question is a very good question what we can do is to go back to our origin and our origin is a situation the problem is that we don't want to go back we want to go along with the Western style life what you said about uh, uh, Muslims they have co good commerce finance uh, uh, trigonometry, calculus, physics, uh, everything, sciences, medicine, came from Arabs, came from Muslims, mean. And the Western took them, changed a little bit of them, studied them more, and become more into this subject than the Muslim themselves. That's why we are looking at, at them more than we are looking at ourselves. Now, what we are doing wrong, Sorry to say, everything is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> Something must be right. <laughs> everything what means everything is wrong means when you when you are a chemist and you you take sugar and put in your water, the whole water become uh, diluted sweet. You cannot find this part not sweet. It's still, it's the same water, and the rest is sugary. No, it completely changed. So, what I mean by everything, when the majority is uh, being uh, uh, leaving behind slowly, slowly its roots, of course, we are going to face such problems. This we cannot, cannot, we cannot bring it back except through you, good leadership. That's why he is mentioning the uh, today topic about leadership. If the leaders changes, if the leader change, then the whole community will change. But if the leader is also looking for Western civilization, and let us say the truth, all of us looking for Western civilization, why do we have to hide behind our fingers? So that's why it's our duty. Are we on hack or bottle? This is it. Are we on hack or bottle? As Muslim, are we on hack or bottle? I need an answer. We are on hack. Then why we are losing? If we are on hack, when Sayyidina Umar said, said asked Sayyidina Muhammad Sallallahu are we on hack? He said, yes, we are on hack. He went up and called Azan. Leadership. Are we on hack? Yes, we are on hack. Then there is something wrong within ourselves. That, what's something wrong is that we are not perfecting our moral excellence that Prophet ﷺ mentioned. When we begin to do that, then everything is corrupted, become uh, Allah will support us to change it. So we, are, what we need to do today is to build up like these events, more and more focusing on leadership until we get good leaders, not in Singapore, Singapore is already leadership is good. <laughs> we are not speaking here, we are speaking around the world. Here you have a clean country, uh, no corruption, everything is orderly done. You go to Middle East countries, Allahu Akbar. You, you don't know if you come uh, alive. Uh, you are asking questions. I'd like some questions from our sisters, if that would be good. Any? Please, listener. Just a quick question. Now is the leaders or the scholars have different interpretation. Now some says we can't have knowledge or we can't do yoga. How do you know which is the right one to follow or we follow in terms of Why you touched on the Maulid? No, never mind. It's good that she I mentioned it. Why you touched on the Maulid? Because we had just now, and I was just reflecting some people not like the Maulid. So I was just having a little bit of 
you have to go to speak against that is the epidemic of this uh, century the epidemic epidemic of of Muslims contaminated with wrong ideas Prophet ﷺ celebrated his birthday. He celebrated his birthday. To celebrate is in Islam is what? To celebrate, usually when you celebrate something, you say Alhamdulillah. Yani a word of worshipness. In Mawlid, Prophet ﷺ when he was asked, about fasting the Monday, the day of Monday. He said, this is the day I was born in it. So the act of fasting, he approved it in the day he was born, means it's an act of celebration of his birthday. So the problem is they give us different, as you said, they confused us now. You want to go straight, <laughs> straight, they say bid'ah. You go back, they say shirk. You go right, they say haram. You go left, they say kufr. What to do? Stay still. <laughs> Stay still. Cannot move anymore. No, no way. They confuse people. So in that time, when they confuse people, use your instinct. Use your mind. God gave you enough mind. That small chip that he put in the brain, ask doctor here. How, how big is the, is the, uh, the, the, the where you, uh, the, you, you download and upload all the data of the per, it's, it's very small, not bigger than the seed of planter. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put all kind of software there. Computer that can remember at any time you need something, you bring it. So God gave you enough intelligence to differentiate bet between what is good and what is bad. So balance it by yourself. Sit, Ya Rabbi, is this good or bad? If it comes to your heart, it's good, you do it. Don't be afraid. If it comes to your heart, don't do it, then don't do it. Okay? She has no question. Any sisters? Mm. Yeah? Wa alaikum as salam wa rahmatullah. My name is Muhammad Kaudi. I've been actually like this for all the way to my friends. In Kalami, we are living in a context where both husband and wife have to work. So the moment we end up working, we become career minded both of us because of a lot of opportunities being open at both places. And then comes the part where we neglect the appropriation. So, uh, 
Why Allah made male and female? It's his wisdom, not our wisdom. I cannot say as Muslim, now I understand the, the, the problem, which is facing many people. Even in Egypt, they limited how many children you can have. Yeah. So one, one year was limited to two. You cannot have more than two for many years. But they are neglecting that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wa razzaq. If you are really believing in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He is the provider. If He is the provider, He is going to give you a child that is going to be homeless. He will provide His food with Him. Look how he provides the mother with milk in order to raise her child. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave a rizq, he wrote all the rizq for everyone from the time that he knows, we don't know. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave everyone his rizq. So if you, uh, if you feel that you need it. Uh, someone uh, wants to build a family, let him build the family, not to think about I have one or I have two, I have work, I have no work. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will provide. This subject is very, because it touched on Allah's greatness, so it's very sensitive for a, someone to me to speak about and say, no, don't bring children. No, I say the opposite. Bring as much as you can and Allah will send more to you and send you more money, more rizq, inshallah. Five minutes, I think with, with, uh, with time, uh, it has changed uh, tremendously. Uh, do you think the way Islam is being preached or propagated should look at changing in its own form? Uh, and I'll tell you where they're coming from. Uh, it, it seems to be a common uh, grievance amongst the young today. They feel that if I walk into a mosque, I'm made to feel like a sinner the minute I walk in, even if I don't remember doing any, any sin. I'm told that I'm going to go to hell if I don't sit down and cry and go to heaven. Uh, and then, naturally, it, it is, it's, it's, uh, it's only common for them to compare that with the other faith, which say, listen, theirs is more loving. Theirs, they say, they are forgiven if you with a simple confession. Uh, I'm looking at, 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 at easy uh, access to a lot of information, information be it right or wrong. And in that, in that young age where they, they need some guidance, you know, where they are going to, and, and if, if such so-called hard form of preaching comes, or often, I'm afraid we may lose some of this view. 
to go astray. So I'm just looking at, at, at Islamic leaders. Do they need to relook at how do they propagate Islam? Um, you know, in, in the various areas, obviously, Juma is one such evidence. I refer to this. If I say something, they will say, oh, this sheikh is liberal. Next time, I will be, will be on the Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> That's why this is a, a private uh, event. <laughs> so there's no uh, such uh, a <laughs> It's a closed door event anyway. Yeah. With my respect to uh, scholars, Scholars, they been many of them been deprived from a good life. So he wants everyone to feel the depression that he is feeling. <laughs> and that's why he makes everyone, you don't pray, you go to hell. You, you did not pray, you missed your prayer, you are going to go to hell. But if he says, oh my son, if you pray, you go to paradise. It's better than to say, if you don't pray, you go to hell. Same meaning, but one is nice, one is not. So yes, of course, they have to learn how to change their way of approaching people. I don't want to show, but most of them, they walk like that. Their pants is high. <laughs> Why, showing us their legs? Why? Because Prophet said, don't walk like a peacock and pulling you the rest behind you. They are raising their, uh, showing us their hair in their, in their legs. So now they are realizing that. Now they are sending scholars that have been trained. Uh, they are uh, Western, but been uh, um, taken to. Uh, they are not picking any more uh, scholars from the Gulf or from other countries, sending them to the Western countries, uh, because they say everything according to the mentality of the desert. But now they are bringing them from the West, teaching them in the West about Islam and telling them to go and teach around that. It is changing. It is changing. Uh, one, one person came to me and he said, we want to Americanize Islam. So we want your help. I said, oh, my help? Okay. I will tell you that we want to Islamize America. <laughs> because Islam takes everything in it. Accept everything. So Islam is perfect, perfect moon. There is no, no more perfect more than what the moon on the 15th of the month. So don't tell me that uh, you want to Americanize Islam. Islam can adopt and stretch itself with every time, with every religion. 
but the problem is our scholars. The problem is how they... Uh, you, have, you are a magician here. How to present Islam? That's the problem. We don't have a, a presentable people speaking about Islam. I tell you, they, I invited 157 speakers from around the world in a conference in Los Angeles. Some of them, like 15, 20 of them, going on the stage and their uh, uh, pants are higher uh, on middle of their knees. <laughs> How the, the people going to accept from them? It's impossible. So we have to change ourselves to adopt with the, with the uh, uh, modern life, if we, want, if we want to call it this way, but in a situation that still our belief are our belief, we don't change it. And uh, teach people what is, if they ask me, uh, when, when in our centers in America, we have an, a policy that we don't teach Islam. We teach spirituality. When they are advanced in spirituality and they are strong, we send them to the centers that teach you everything, to the mosque. Because they will not change. We know now they are, we build them up. Like for the, an example, in New York we have a center, upstate New York, and some Jewish people were coming, attending. We do zikr, zikr there, chanting Qasida and Zikr, and we pray. And they call us the Sufi center. They come one time, two times, three times, four times, they liked it. They said, we want uh, to be like you. So what to say? I said, okay, say, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah. They said, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah. After three, four weeks, their relatives knew about them. Then they become, they, they are coming to us. They said, where you are going? They said, we are going to that center. They said, these are Muslim. They said, no, they are not Muslim. <laughs> they are Sufis. <laughs> <laughs> they are Sufis. Uh, and we are Sufi Jewish. <laughs> so, <laughs> they were very happy. And they, uh, their fa families knows no, that's not <laughs> correct. That's, uh, but they were unable to change them. They, they stayed like that. I left them like nine months, not telling them anything about Islam. Until they come and they say, Sheikh, we know now the reality. You are Muslim. <laughs> and then they say, we want to be Muslim, real Muslim. They took Shahada another time. They still live in New York, upstate New York. So we, we build people on spirituality. This is where it, it changed them. Because they go to, as I said, they go to uh, Hindu shrines or Buddhist shrines because they found there some kind of spirituality. They like it. Yeah. So this is uh, what we 
achieve and then they go to, to when later they become Muslim, alhamdulillah. You have time for one? Yes, please, Ali. Wa alaykum as salam wa struggling with him, himself. Well, you know, they ask me direct questions like, okay, your religion says that I'm going to die. Yeah. Okay, what? He says, Islam says that all kafirs go to heaven. Uh -huh. Okay, I'll try to speak slow. <laughs> I can save you some book. No, I think that because they are... It's like going... Oh, okay. 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 My English is not so good. Okay. Uh, you know, they ask me questions like that, which are very real and very difficult to answer. For me, I'm not a like a lot of you here. They ask me questions like, can we come to your mosque? Are we allowed to come to your mosque? I thought, yeah, sure, you are allowed to come to the mosque. Uh, sometimes I think, why do they ask these questions? I think. The kind of phase that, that they are familiar with, as far as Islam is concerned, the phase that we show them, um, I think it lacks something. It lacks, uh, sorry to say this, but I think it's what I feel, so I'm saying this. It lacks a friendly face, it lacks a loving face. Um, you know, there's a lot of revolution in the Islamic world today. So many revolutions in the name of so many causes. But I think what we really need is a revolution of love and revolution of spirituality uh, and revolution of humanity. Uh, I think a lot of us realize that. A lot of us more and more, you know, we listen to people like yourself. Uh, we, we were just having a chat before this event. We, we realize that. And I think. To some extent, we can be quite successful in practicing in our own lives by being inclusive, you know, by doing the, uh, the Jewish shooting, as you nicely put it. But in the larger context, in the larger context, I don't represent Islam. You know, uh, simply, Islam doesn't represent Islam universally. It's a very good organization that brings in good people like yourself to come and talk to Muslims and non-Muslims. I've had a few of your talks. But I think, I, I use this word revolution deliberately. That revolution can, is, is beyond the common man. You know? I feel it's, it's beyond the common man. Um, like bad things happen, you know, whether it's committed by a Muslim or not Muslim. A murder is a murder. You know? If someone bombs and someone gets killed, if a woman child dies, it's a bad thing for me. It doesn't matter who does it. And it really doesn't matter how it's justified. A man being cut and hanged in the middle of the road to me is a crime. Independent of whether he says, oh, uh, Muslim women are being killed, so I kill you. To me, to me not by any scholarly um, 
standards, but my own sense of morality tells me that this is wrong and this is not Islamic. But this is the voice that's being heard. You see, this is the voice that I hear on the YouTube. This is the voice that comes on CNN. This is the voice that represents a lot of us feel that this is wrong. my voice to your voice. It's really a puzzle today that what should we do and what is the voice of Islam and what we are lacking. Uh, we, we don't know. Is uh, We are lacking everything. He will object on everything now. We are lacking so much. The, the first issue that we are lacking is love. There is, in the family, the father hate the, the mother. The mother hate the father. The children against each other. There is, no, there is no family anymore. There is no social ties anymore. We are getting this from the West. We are learning this from the West. The West, they don't have social life. They change. Their, they change their, their, family, their children as soon as they become 16, 17, 18, they go. They don't see them. So we are trying to follow that. I know many Muslims, they want to be independent from their mother and their father and younger age. So we are losing our uh, uh, behaviors and characters. The, the most important is love. Prophet wasallam, when the Bedouin came to him, Bedouin from desert, you know what is Bedouin from desert, means ajlaf, yeah, rude. He entered the masjid and Prophet on the Jum'ah speaking and he closed the door of the masjid and he said when is it oh, Ya Muhammad like that not Ya Rasulullah nothing Ya Muhammad when is the day of judgment 
He jumped all the way to the day of judgment. <laughs> when? Not uh, uh, what we shall do. When is the day of judgment? And Prophet said, what you have prepared for that is a long travel to that. What you, do, what you are doing, what you are doing for the community, what you are doing for, uh, what you are doing something, tell me, to, to, to face that day. He said, Ya Sayyidi, Ya, ya, ya Muhammad, لا من كسرة صلاة ولا من كسرة صيام. Not of too much of prayers, not of too much of fasting. But I love you. And he looked at him and he said, that's enough, go. That's what saved you. Enough. Show love is the core of worshipness. But we don't have it. The Bedouin who is rude in the desert has love in his heart to Prophet ﷺ, to Allah. When you have love to Prophet and to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you will see the whole ummah become straightforward. But we don't have, we lost it. What we, we love today, how much we have in the bank. How much we are preparing for our retirement. How much is this? How much we are planning to do this? How much we are planning? Okay, that's no problem. But are you saying how much I am planning to do for Akhirah? If we, if we believe in a life after this life, what we are preparing for that life? We are losing everything for nothing. We are leaving. No one can stay. Today you are leaving or tomorrow you are leaving. And they will be, you will be forgotten. Except from a good memory. Prophet وسلم, when he said, The amal of the human being, the son of Adam, will be disconnected except from three. These three, if we are doing them, it's okay. Still we, we are on the side of success, success. And yes, there are many are doing. First, he said, A donation that you give, a charity that you give for a, 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 a noble cause for a masjid, for a school, for a homeless, for a sick. That it will keep written for you in the, even if you are in the grave. Even if you are not doing it anymore, you did one time, that's enough. It's repeatedly going to be. Second, knowledge that people will benefit after you from it. And third, a pious son that you leave behind that pray for you. Allah will reward you in the grave. And I will mention the other hadith and I will stop. In the day of judgment, 
is an authentic hadith from Muslim. I don't know how many people, scholars, they don't mention this hadith. Allah will call three group of people. And three different beliefs of people. First, the martyrs. He brings the martyr to judge him. And he will say to him, what you are doing? I am martyr, Ya Rabbi. Shaheed. <laughs> and Allah shows him his favors. He said, this is the favors that I give to Shaheed. What you have, what you have done to achieve that. He said, I killed myself for your sake. He said, you killed my, yourself to, for my sake? Oh, angel of paradise, come and throw him in hellfire. He's a liar. He's a martyr that fought in his mind, that fought for Allah. And Allah said, no, you did that for yourself. For people to say after you, this man made, died courageous. To put your video on the uh, YouTube and everywhere he makes his video before he dies. <laughs> and posted it on YouTube and then he'll go kill himself in order that they would say he is a martyr. You are, you are a liar to, to hellfire. This is a martyr. So means, where is the a suicide bomber who is uh, killing innocent people, Muslim or non-Muslim? You are not a martyr, you are a killer. Second, generous person. Allah will call that generous person for judgment. What you did for me, the favors for a generous one, these favors are for you. What you did, oh Allah, I gave to this school, I gave to this uh, masjid, I gave to this one, I gave to... He said, no, you gave for people to say you are uh, generous. You didn't do it for me. Oh, my angels, take him to hellfire. So this is the type that today we are living in. Love is gone. Love is not anymore there. If we bring back love, you know love in Arabic, what is it? Hub. It is of two letters. Ha and Ba. Ha, letter Ha represent Hayat, life. Ba represent Baqa, ever living. So the one who has hub, he has life, he has ever, ever, ever living life. Huh? Ever? Everlasting life. From this hub, two, two letters is enough to give you dunya and akhirah. And we are not trying to put in our hearts Hub. Hubullah, Hubur Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That is what important. Look the Bedouin. He said, I love you. 
I don't have anything. I don't know how to read. I don't know how to write. I don't know how to do this or to do that. If you give me a shoes to put my right foot in the, uh, on the shoes and left foot, I put the left foot, right foot, I put for. I know nothing, but I love you. Is enough? If we, <coughs> if we bring love back to our communities and societies, that's how you build leadership. May Allah forgive us. Amen. May Allah bless us. Hurmat al-Habib, Hurmat al-Fatiha. Thank you.